Welcome back to the Brojo Online Podcast. Now, probably the most negative critical feedback I get is on my stance on radical honesty. The idea that honesty is the best policy all the time. I'm quite absolutist about that, you might say. And that's where I get the most pushback from even people who are really dedicated to integrity. They say, yeah, but what about this time and that time and so on? So what I've done is I've quickly collated some of the most common arguments against honesty from around the internet. And so I'm not actually trying to convince anyone to be honest here, but I just want to show you what a radically honest person thinks of all the arguments against honesty. Number one, people don't want the truth. Pretty big uh, assumption to make there, but a lot of people make this assumption, this idea that people just would prefer to be lied to. And yet, if you go around asking people if that's what they prefer, see what they say. Go and ask the people you love and care about and say, would you rather I told you the truth or that I lied to you to make you feel better? And just see what they say. Do they really not want the truth? Now, we think that because people react to the truth or honesty with emotions that we find uncomfortable to be around, we think that means they don't want the truth. What it really means is we don't want to be around them while they process the truth because we are fragile, because we are emotionally fucking weak, right? So this idea that people don't want the truth is very unlikely because I bet you do want the truth. Do you want to know what the politicians are doing with your money? Do you know what do you want to know what your boss thinks of your performance? Do you want to know if your partner really loves you? Or do you not want to know these things? Maybe. Maybe you don't really want to know it. But whenever I dive deep into this conversation with any specific individual and I offer them that choice, would you rather have all the information? Or would you like a nice lie that makes you feel better while this information exists behind your back? Well, I'm yet to find somebody who prefers the lie. Number two, telling the truth at work can get you fired. There's a couple of things I'll address here. First off is the difference between honesty and telling the truth. So honesty is a accurate expression of your thoughts and feelings at the time. That's the most sort of simplistic definition. Telling the truth is giving objective data to the best of your awareness. But if you don't want to give someone data, then the honest thing to say is, I don't want to tell you that. So truth telling and honesty are not the same thing. Truth telling is I give you the data no matter how I feel about giving it to you. Right. I'll talk about uh, what happens if someone asks for your credit card details at the end of this podcast. But truth telling would be giving them the credit card details. Honesty would be saying, I don't trust you with those details, so I'm not going to give them to you. So I'm actually expressing what I think and feel rather than the data that you're asking for. Just because somebody asks you a question, honesty doesn't mean you must answer the question. You're not an AI robot. You're not chat GPT that has, is forced to answer it to the best of their ability. But your answer can still be honest without revealing the full truth. You can still say, I don't want to tell you that. or well, that information is something I can't trust you with. That's still honesty. That being said, even just being honest at work can get you fired. Absolutely, it can. But this begs the question, is getting fired a bad thing? Is getting fired from a job where you're not allowed to be honest a bad thing? And in what country, and there are some countries, but in what country are you living where it is legal to fire you for being honest? Because I have this happen so often with my clients. They're worried about getting fired for being honest. But I look at the legislation, I'm like, dude, if they fire you for being honest, they're going to have to pay you out. 
you take them to small claims court, you've got 10 grand right there because nowhere in your employment contract does it say you can't be honest. You haven't breached any code of conduct. In fact, most of the time you're sticking to at least their virtue signaling code of conduct. So this idea that getting fired from a job because you're being honest is a bad thing only really applies to people in very extreme poverty scenarios. And even then, if they have enough sort of wisdom and resources, they can get a big payout for it. So I do agree that telling the truth and being honest at work can get you fired. I just don't agree that that's a bad thing. I think if you're staying at a job where you're afraid to be honest, you're in the wrong fucking job and you should be looking elsewhere. And actually being honest will help accelerate that process because it'll either make the whole workplace step up or you'll get fired, which will put you in a kind of boats burned position and make you more likely to find a job. Number three, your privacy is yours to keep. So this is the idea that you're allowed to have secrets, that there's some sort of nobility in keeping secrets. Again, being honest and being truthful are not the same thing. So being truthful would be like I reveal any secret that I'm asked for. Being honest would be telling the person how I feel about revealing such a secret, especially if I don't feel like revealing it. But we, we're obsessed with privacy, aren't we? And I would plant a seed to question that, right? I want you to think about cancel culture. Right? You think about the, the celebrities and high-profile figures that get taken down by cancel culture. And I want you to notice that there are the ones who get taken down and the ones who survive it, mostly unscathed. There's kind of two types of people. There's people they try to cancel them and they can't, you know, the Dave Chappelle's and the Joe Rogan's and those kind of guys. And then there's the people that they take out, right, the Louis C.K.'s and so on, with even minor stuff, not, not mentioning the big things. What's the difference? Secrecy. The guys who are immune to cancel culture are not hiding anything and never have been. This isn't like some scandal where truths about them are being revealed that they've been hoping nobody would find out. It was like, yeah, I'm like that. Everybody knows me knows I'm like that. Now nah, you got a fucking problem with it? I don't care. My audience already loves me already knowing that, so I'm not. nothing changes for me. Whereas the ones who get cancelled are like, oh shit, it's out. Now you have a completely different impression of me. Now I've like lost good faith with my audience. So, what's the best approach to avoid getting cancelled? No privacy. See, privacy is for cowards. I said it. It had to be said. The need to keep something a secret is always based in fear. Fear of the consequences. There might be a reasonable fear. This information will be used against me, so on and so forth. But I'll tell you what, information cannot be used against you unless it's a secret. If you are completely out in the open about everything from the minute that information is arises, the minute something's true, you reveal it to people. And it's just out in the public domain for everyone to know. How can that possibly be used against you? Right? How could somebody sabotage you and get you fired from your job about a piece of information you've already told to your boss? Right? How can somebody get you cancelled off your favourite platform when you've been talking openly about the stuff that they're trying to get you cancelled for? You can keep privacy if you want, but it is not an asset. It is a liability. So if you want privacy, understand you're taking a risk. Whatever it is you're keeping private, especially if you feel a need for it to be private, if a manipulative person finds that information, 
they will weaponize it against you and you will be vulnerable. If that information is freely available to the whole public, nobody can do anything with it. Next one, we lie to save others' feelings. That's true. People do lie under the guise of saving other people's feelings. But is that really what we're doing? They misspelled the word there. See, they spelled manipulate, S-A-V-E. We don't save other people's feelings. We manipulate their feelings for our own emotional convenience. See, we're all raised, this is trauma stuff. We're raised and conditioned to believe that certain emotions are bad and wrong. Now, there's no objective data to prove this. We just believe it. So we think, oh, if I say this, they will be angry or they will be sad or confused or they'll stop liking me. That is bad and wrong. I must prevent that from happening. And then we think, well, that's pretty manipulative. So I've got to tell myself a story how this is actually in their benefit. This isn't just for my comfort, which is the truth. This somehow protects them so they don't have to be hurt by feelings. In other words, you make them fucking fragile because they have no chance to experience a range of emotions. And because they don't have that chance, when something does hit them, they have no fucking experience dealing with it and they fall to pieces. Do you know who handles upsets and surprises well? Somebody who's experienced a vast range of emotions many times over the course of their life. Somebody who's heard the truth over and over again and has become immune to the shocking value of it. Right? You think you're protecting people when you hide the truth from them so that they can have another happy moment? No, you're setting them up to get hit even harder in the future. This isn't for them. Stop fucking kidding yourselves. You do it so that you get to have a more convenient moment with them. And that's the only reason you do it, you fucking coward. Was that too harsh? Nah, maybe that was too harsh. But I'm talking like as if I'd be talking to my past self. And all of this stuff is exactly what would be true if I was saying it to my past self. He only protected people's feelings because he was scared. That's it. It wasn't for other people. They didn't benefit in the long run from that protection. They became more fragile. They were gaslighted into believing a fairyland delusion that didn't exist, and they would end up getting harmed even more in the future. Number five, honesty doesn't help when nothing can be changed. It's a reasonable argument. The idea, should I say something if there's no helpfulness to it, if it, if it doesn't provide value or problem solving to a situation? What they're overlooking is the benefits of honesty to yourself. Honesty is one of the main pillars of self-confidence. All right. When you express what you're thinking and feeling at all given times, you validate yourself. So you don't need it from other people anymore. It's kind of like if you imagine raising a child and you encourage them to speak their mind, what that will do for their confidence compared to if you tell them to shut up all the time and say that what they say isn't valuable. You can imagine what that does to their confidence. Some of you don't need to imagine because it was done to you. So this idea that, like, what's the point in saying something if the situation can't be changed, which usually means, like, what's the point in saying something if I can't get some sort of external value from this for myself? The real question is, how does your confidence suffer if you suppress your truth? What message are you sending to yourself when you say to yourself, shut up, nothing you say is valuable? But instead, if you go, look, when I've got something to say, I'll just say it in case I will resent myself later for not saying it, in case it's information that needs to be said, and just to prove to myself that I am never going to hold myself back. You can't get confidence from other people. Good luck with that. 
but you can get it from yourself through honesty. Next one, people with power over us don't want the truth. <laughs> it's a pretty big assumption. Actually, uh, people with power over us love to have all the information at hand to make the best possible decisions to manipulate us. What I think they're really saying here is that people in power don't want the people they have power over to know the truth. So actually, if you're holding back in order to keep those above you, you know, uh, approving of you and not seeing you as a threat, all you're really doing is putting everyone else at risk. So when you get uprisings and coups of various kinds against like dictators and, you know, nasty people, it's when, it's when the truth becomes vastly aware. It's where all the propaganda starts to fall down and people see the person for the evil bugger that they really are. So when you're holding things in because you're scared of those up above, you're putting everyone around you at more risk because maybe everyone around you is waiting for the rebellious leader. And just like you, you're waiting for someone else to go first, which is fine. It's up to you. But make no mistake, this is cowardice. This is a really interesting one. Confidence over truth pays. So it's this idea that if you have to have a choice between being honest or appearing to be confident, it's better to appear to be confident. And this one's ridiculous because honesty creates confidence. Dishonesty is self-devaluation. It's self-invalidation. You don't get more confident by being dishonest, in which case what they're really saying is pretend to be confident in order to impress other people and get external rewards rather than validate yourself. If you think that sounds like a formula for a good life, by all means, go for it. And I'll see you in 10 years for coaching when it doesn't work out. Next one, telling a nice story helps when the truth hurts. No, it doesn't, actually. Let's imagine you're going to deliver bad news, like, ah, oh, I found out that your partner's cheating on you. Is there really any way to say that that hurts any less? You know, oh, your, your friend just died in a car crash. Is there any story I could add to that that's going to make you go, oh, that's not so bad? No. The truth will always hurt as much as the truth hurts. Adding a nice story simply makes it more confusing, simply drags it out with suspense and foreplay and probably leads you in a position where you go, I don't know what you're talking about. So now you've got confusion as well as pain. You know, police officers are really good at this. They'll say, look, sit down. We're going to tell you something. Your husband was in an accident. He didn't make it. Because police officers know that there's no additional words that will reduce the impact of this. But additional words might give them false hope. Would it actually increase the impact? If you're like, look, your husband was in an accident. It's okay. It's okay. Nothing Nothing to worry about, but he did die. You know, that's going to hurt even more than if, like, he's dead. Just deal with it, right? I don't mean to trigger anyone with that particular example. But I want you to think about times you received bad news. Did the story that somebody padded it with, the, the sugar that they coated it with, did it really reduce the harm? Or did it just make the harm take longer to arrive, make it more confusing? And did it feel like the person was trying to control you? That feel like they were telling a nice story so that you wouldn't have a bad reaction in their presence, which they would find inconvenient. Right? When somebody pads out a story when they're delivering bad news, it's because they're afraid that they won't be able to handle your reaction. They're not doing it for you. They're doing it for themselves every time. Next one, you can't tell the truth when you move on. So this is the idea that you can't burn bridges. There's a thing with anxiety and fear. 
which is if you behave as if you're under threat, if you behave as if you can't be trusted, if you behave as if you're going to fail, you'll feel more likely that that's true. The concept of burning bridges is actually about self-validation. You're saying, I will get by without this. When you try to cling on to a bridge, let's say you leave a job, for example, that you were bullied at, right? The boss bullied you. But when you go through the exit interview, you tell everyone that oh, it was great and so on and so forth because you want to maybe come back to this job in the future. You don't want to rock the boat. What you're telling yourself in that moment is I can't be trusted to make my future work out. I need this safety net. I need this backup plan. It is a form of self-discouragement. And when you do it to other people, you discourage them. If somebody's like, you know what, I'm going to quit my corporate job to become an artist. And they're like, well, don't burn the bridges. What you're saying is you're not going to make it as an artist. Do you think that's going to help them be a better artist or not? No, it actually, by having that safety net, you plant the seed of doubt in your head. And you demotivate yourself because you're like, in weak moments, you can just slip back to this thing. Whereas you burn the bridge, you're like, well, that's not an option. I've got to make this work. And that brings out the best in you. So this idea that you've got to like keep things nice and calm and safe and like make sure everyone still likes you even when you moved on and so on, all that is is self-discouragement. And that does not lead to the best possible outcomes in the long run anyway. Next one was... People want us to listen, not give advice. Now, I don't actually have a major problem with this. I think what they're saying here is just because you've got honest things to say in response to somebody sharing with you doesn't mean that it's actually your turn to speak or that that's the most helpful thing to do at this time. One of the kind of nuances I try to get across with honesty is the fifth principle of powerful honesty, reciprocation. There should always be a balanced interaction. They should have their turn as well, especially over the course of a relationship. Sometimes it's like your turn to vent. Sometimes it's theirs. Other conversations are 50-50. But overall, it's balanced. So absolutely, there are times when you're in the listening role, when it's your turn to be the one who receives, shut the fuck up. Let them talk. Just because ideas are popping into your head doesn't mean you need to interrupt and share those ideas. However, if it comes to the point where they're asking for feedback and advice, don't be dishonest, right? They shouldn't come to you if they don't like honest advice and feedback. They should go somewhere else if they want to be placated and lied to. So I actually don't have a problem with this, that people don't want us to give advice, but giving advice isn't the same thing as being honest. You'll feel annoyed when others aren't as honest with you. Yes, you will. I don't understand why that's a reason not to be honest except it comes from the grander idea that everything has to be transactional. Everything has to be you get something from the other person. So a lot of people, their argument against honesty is I'm not getting a reward from the other person for doing it, so there's no point. It's a very transactional, superficial, materialistic, consumerist view of the world. The integral view of the world, where it's like it's about having your own philosophy, about behaving with integrity, about loving yourself because of your behavior that you know you've earned confidence then it doesn't matter how people respond to your honesty it doesn't matter if they reciprocate or not in fact the level with which they reciprocate is just a measure of who you should keep in your life so if i go out to a party and i'm honest with everybody maybe one person two tops will be as honest with me well guess what i'm going to spend the rest of my night talking to those people and i'm going to dismiss everybody else and reject them 
So I don't actually get annoyed when people aren't that honest with me because they're just self-selecting out of my life. I only want honest people in my life. And in order to find those people, I have to go first and lead and show that I'm that honest. Others will find you rude. Yes, they will. Why is, why is that a reason not to be honest? Oh, right, because we're scared. Uh, yeah, people are going to find you rude when you're honest. And what this really means is one of two things. Either your delivery is off, so you haven't learned the powerful honesty principles, so you're saying things, say, in a judgmental way, or uh, you're using kind of argument fallacies that aren't really representative of honesty. You're not taking responsibility for your own thoughts and feelings. You might say, for example, say an opinion as if it's a fact. These are things that people find rude when your honesty isn't really accurate. Right. But let's say you are using powerful honesty and people will still find you rude, which does happen. If, for example, you know, I send food back at a restaurant because it's undercooked, you know, the chef might think I'm rude, even though it is undercooked. This is just the price you have to pay for being honest. I've never made the argument that being honest gets the best possible positive reactions from people. But I do make the argument that being honest with people gets the reactions you need to form a healthy social circle, which means some people are going to hate you or just dislike you or just kind of not want to be around you. Only people pleasers think that other people finding you rude is a reason not to be honest. Because people pleasers believe you've got to make everyone like you, which means no one loves you. It's an avoidant attachment strategy where you keep everyone at arm's length and you die alone. So the other way to do it is you're like, I'm going to blast everyone with honesty. Some people are going to absolutely fucking hate it. Some people are just going to be neutral or disinterested. And some people are going to think I'm the absolute shit and love me. A very small portion of the group. And those people are going to be there for me for the rest of my life. They're going to be holding my hand on my deathbed. I will not die alone because of these connections. I will always feel like I'm part of something and that I have real depth with people. But the cost is that people will find you rude. So, yes, I agree. People will find you rude if you're honest. There might be some of you listening to me doing this podcast thinking I'm rude or too brutal or too harsh or judgmental or whatever. I'm okay with you thinking that way. It's either a temporary thought that you'll have, but overall you'll like me or you'll just hate me. But either way, the only people that will get through this podcast and love me at the end are the kind of people I want to connect with. And I'm okay with everyone else not wanting to. There are 8 billion people. Go find someone else to be friends with. I'm cool with that. I can't handle that many friends anyway. I'm too fucking autistic. Next one. Others will respond to you negatively when you honestly state your opinions without regard for their feelings. Not always, but yes, sometimes, maybe even often. However, without regard for their feelings is not necessarily powerful honesty. So being judgmental, blunt, uh, abusive these are not the same things as honesty and often they're actually something that people hide behind a kind of aggressive shield to hide their vulnerability vulnerability is one of the key principles of powerful honesty you open up you let them know where you're weak and you show them everything transparently people very rarely feel that you're being too hard when you show these things but some people are going to respond negatively to you when you share your opinions, your feelings, your preferences, and so on. There's no avoiding that if you want to be honest. Right? There's no honesty that everyone loves. But there's no fake bullshit that everyone loves either. So you're going to be hated no matter what you do. And the decision comes down, do I also want to be hated by myself? And if the answer is yes, then be dishonest. 
because you will invalidate yourself. You'll lose track of who you really are. You'll have no real connections with anybody else. Uh, you lose track of sense of meaning and purpose and just become fixated on external rewards that are temporary. Yeah, it's a great life if you uh, hate life. But if you want to love yourself, feel confident, and have great connections with a few people, then other people are going to have to respond to you negatively. You're going to have to polarize people with your honesty. There is no honesty that pleases, but there is honesty that creates love. And the last point they made is really just a repeat. You'll have fewer friends. Absolutely, you will. Have you ever wondered why people have a problem with this? How many friends do you want? A thousand? A million? Here's a question that helps you figure out whether or not honesty is right for you. Would you rather have five awesome best friends, maybe including a partner, who know you inside and out, you never have to pretend, you never have to force an emotion, you can be whatever you are, tired, antisocial, depressed, excited, anything, and they love you for it. You can't go wrong with these people. You get away with murder, and they are your favorite people. Being around them invigorates you. It makes you feel like life's worth living. If You feel safe. You have great shared experiences, similar preferences, so on. Five of them, and that's it. Or a hundred associates who all like you, but in order to keep them liking you, you have to be fake. Right? You can't show them what you're really thinking and feeling. You can't be honest with them all the time in all situations because you'll lose them. So you have to kind of manage it. So they never really know who you are, but what they do know, they like. Not love, just like. Dishonesty creates that environment socially. Sometimes it doesn't even do that much. Honesty creates the other one, and it pretty consistently does that if you socialize enough. So that's your choice when it comes to being honest. You will have fewer friends, but they'll be real friends. Or you can have lots of associates who are in love with the fake representation you put out, which is kind of like being an actor and everyone loves you because of a role you played, but they don't actually know what you're like. Your choice, whichever one you think is more satisfying. Number one, what did they say? No one actually wants to hear what you think. They want to hear what they want to hear. I think this is just a repeat of people don't really want the truth. Again, this is a very ungenerous assumption of people, a very negative judgment of people, this idea that people would rather live naive than hear the truth. And yet, I want you to go find the individual who says this, the individual who says, I'd rather stay plugged into the matrix. I'd rather just have a delusion than have all the information in front of me so I can make good decisions. Like, find me the person who says that. And if you can find me that person and they are out there, I'll show you somebody who's seriously psychologically disordered and very unwell. The example they said, if your girlfriend asks if she looks fat, you tell her, of course not. I've covered this in another video. Telling somebody whether or not they're fat is not honesty because it's a judgmental statement. But you can say how attracted you are to somebody, and that will make a difference to your relationship. If you pretend to be attracted to someone when you're not, that does not work out well long term. It doesn't. Look at divorce rates. It doesn't. Next one says, people sometimes use honesty to indulge their diarrhea of the mouth. Yeah. Not everyone needs to know everything goes through your head. I actually agree with this, but this is not an honesty problem. It's a reciprocation problem. The best thing you can do if you want to remain honest and balanced is only ever say one thing at a time. You don't diarrhea on people. Okay, You don't stack points. You don't branch off in a million directions in one story. You just say one point you want to make, and then it's their turn. And if they ask a question, you say, no, 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 it's your turn to share. 
you tell me something about you and you keep it balanced that way and then it will never feel like you're overburdening or oversharing with somebody and it prevents them from undersharing as well, which creates an imbalanced relationship. Honesty or just plain mean. So again, this is one of those people who think that being honest about negative feedback is somehow cruelty. And the example they use, you know, like if your coworker's voice bothers you, you should just smile and say, hey, I like you. Um, and, you know, gaslight them into thinking that nothing's wrong with them. I, I used to work with a girl who had really bad body odor and no one told her. When I finally told her, she was so relieved to get that information. I mean, she was very embarrassed at first. But later on, she realized if I hadn't told her, she would have gone on being the smelly girl at the office without even knowing about it. What a horrible thing to be. To, you know, She would have found out eventually, right? She would have overheard some gossip or accidentally been seen in an email. The truth always comes out. But if you're really upfront with people from the beginning where nothing is ever let sitting and whatever your opinions or preferences are are known right from the beginning, you actually get forgiven for it. You become known as the guy who's like that. And people take it a lot less harsh. They'll be like, oh, don't worry about Danny. You know, he just speaks his mind. And people will trust you. And that means when you give them positive feedback, they'll actually believe you. Most people don't believe compliments. Why? Because they don't ever get real negative feedback from the person, so they don't know what they really think. They can't trust that this person isn't just people-pleasing or manipulating them. But when you're like, I don't like this about you, but I love that about you, the person's like, okay, fair enough. He does actually love that. So, and you're being honest because you just can't deal with the secret anymore. So this is the idea that if you share stuff about yourself, you burden other people. Jesus, whoever wrote this article is absolutely fucked. Um, this is just shame talking. This person's being conditioned from childhood into some serious trauma. The idea that what's true about you is somehow a burden to other people and you should save it for your therapist. Again, if you're following the rule of reciprocation, there's no burdening of people. You share one thing with them. If they respond negatively, you don't share with them anymore and you go find somebody else. If they respond positively, you let them share in return and you build and get to know each other that way. This is the kind of person that tries to get to know people by interviewing them, right? Just asking them questions, getting them to talk about themselves and never sharing anything about yourself. Yeah, it's called an avoidant attachment fucking style and it's a disorder. It means that you will never connect deeply with people. You've got to connect with people. You have to share information about yourself. They can't get to know you if you don't let them get to know you. It should be really fucking obvious. But of course, a lot of people are too traumatized to act on this because they're conditioned into believing that truth about themselves is shameful. You must share with other people, but the key to avoid oversharing is to let them share in return. That's it. Listen to this one. If people were honest all the time, how would anyone sell anything? In other words... I try to sell stuff that isn't actually valuable. You know, if something's good, then being honest about it sells it. Shamelessly honest. If you say, this really does this benefit and I know that it would work for you, that sales, if you're being honest about a good thing. Now, if you have to lie about something to sell it, then stop trying to sell that fucking thing. Stop being an evil person. Go find something good to sell. Stop trying to dump junk on somebody else. This is a real easy solve, this one. If people were honest all the time, how do we talk to children? Like we fucking respect their intelligence, maybe? I This is a big topic. A lot of people, no matter how honest they are, they still think you should lie to children. And yet, if you want to trace back that parent's trauma, you'll find that it'll come down to dishonesty in their childhood. They were lied to. They were tricked. It turned them into something that they could have been, you know, something better. 
I'm pretty, uh, I guess, controversial with my tiny audience around this. I really don't believe you need to lie to children at all, ever, about anything. Now, you adjust the language to their comprehension level. That's different. You don't change the truth level. You just change the wording, right? So if I'm talking to my two-year-old daughter about death, I'm not like, well, the maggots come and decompose your body, right? Because she's not going to be able to absorb and handle that kind of thing without having horrific nightmares. But I do say things like sometimes people go to sleep and that's it. They're finished. And that's their their turn is over. And it it happens. It happens with dogs and everything. And the pain goes away. Right. I can say stuff like that. You don't have to lie to kids. You don't need to tell them that Santa Claus left something under the tree. That might be a fun thing to do. But you're not you're losing sight of the fact that if they're the last kid in school to find out that Santa's not real, they're going to be humiliated. They're going to be that kid who's behind everybody. You're setting them up for that potentially. So just lying for your own convenience to a child is telling the child that I don't respect your intelligence. You're too stupid to handle the truth. And they will act according to that self-fulfilling prophecy. But if you treat a child like, all right. You want to know the truth? Here it is. What do you think of that? Let's talk it through. Let's have that inconvenient, uncomfortable discussion, which is the real reason you don't tell them this stuff. And you have that discussion with them. They're going to feel respected. They're going to be admired amongst their peer group as the kid who knows all the shit. You all remember that kid? You remember the first kid who knew stuff about sex? How much we looked up to that kid? The kid who knew the secrets about the adult world that none of our parents were telling us? How much we, like, pumped that kid for information, right? You're not doing them any social favors by making them live in a fairy tale world. Okay. But I won't go into that because it's a whole thing on its own. I've already done a whole podcast on why we shouldn't lie to kids. What I will tell you is the only reason you lie to kids is because you're scared of their, you won't be able to handle their reaction, that you're scared that you're going to traumatize them or something. But the only thing that traumatizes them is them finding out too late about the truth. Okay, you can give them the truth in a way they can handle adjusted to their age level with plenty of chance for them to talk it through with you so that they can understand it deeply. You got to remember, they don't have preconceived notions. They're not going to be shocked by information because they've got nothing to compare it to. Not in the same way somebody else would be like an adult. Remember, honesty doesn't mean telling the truth. So if kids say, ask about, like, oh, I saw you and mum wrestling in bed last night. What were you doing? You can say, look, I'll tell you about that bit more when you're older and you can understand. For now, just understand it was our version of hugging, but I'll talk to you about it later. So you don't actually have to tell them everything just because they asked, but you also don't have to lie. You can say, look, there's time and a place for this information, or I'm not comfortable telling it to you, but one day I will be, and when I am, I'll explain it to you better. Right? That's honesty. (laughs) If you're completely honest, your interviews might not go so well. Why would you want to get a job that only hires you if you lie? Right? You know, we had the one earlier, like, oh, you might get fired. Well, tell you what, you can avoid getting hired by a job that would hate you for being honest by being honest in the job interview. And I can tell you with this pure confidence, not just my own experience, but every client I've worked with on this, those who switch over to being radically honest in their job interviews end up with excellent jobs. And they're usually a breath of fresh air to the hiring people. And they polarize away jobs that have a toxic work culture. So if you're completely upfront in the job interview, you're only going to be hired by a place that you'll probably love working at, and you will not be hired by a place that's going to be toxic. It's real simple.
If we're honest with ourselves all the time, we'd have it a lot rougher. This is the idea that honesty does the pain. No, no, no. The lying hurts. Honesty is the revelation of the lie. You know, when we find out something that we've been denying to ourselves, when we finally face the truth about ourselves, it hurts. It doesn't hurt because of the truth. It hurts because of how long we weren't telling ourselves the truth. Classic example for me is I sabotaged my relationships with women for like 10 years. It took me 10 years to see that I was the problem, that actually women did want to be with me. And if I'd just gotten out of my own fucking way, it would have happened. But I had an avoidant attachment style and I was scared of intimacy and I was fucking it up or telling myself a story that girls didn't like me. Now, that really hurt to see that, like, oh, I wasted my 20s, right? That really hurt. It would have hurt even more if I found out another 10 years later. It would have been devastating if I found out another 10 years later. How do I know this? Because I work with people who don't reveal that truth to themselves until much later, and it just absolutely destroys them, and they're getting divorced, and they can't see their kids, and they have no idea how to connect with women or whatever. The sooner you're honest with yourself, the less it hurts. And if you're honest with yourself all the time, you never get hurt because there's no lie buildup. It's lies that hurt us, not the truth. The truth is just the messenger, but the lie was the setup. Last one they've got here is because the real reason isn't acceptable. So this is where like you're invited to something and rather than making an excuse, you actually tell them that you don't want to go or you'd rather not. And they think this is a bad thing to do. Well, it's only a bad thing to do if you want to keep bad fit people in your life. If you genuinely don't want to see someone and you tell them that rather than, oh, I'm too busy or I've got something else on. If you really don't want to go to something and somebody invites you and you tell them that I just don't want to go to that, you're going to quickly polarize. Either that person doesn't want to either. And now they're like, oh, God, me neither. I was just doing it because I thought that's what you liked. Or they're just going to be like, oh, you're not my type of person. And away they go. And now you can find your type of person. I had a great breakthrough once. I've told the story many times where I was at a dance event and I was feeling antisocial. And there's a lot of people at the dance event who are kind of like, come on, get excited. This is fun. And they try to pressure you into you know, positive emotions for their own convenience. And there was a girl sitting next to me and she said, like, how's it going? And I said, oh, I'm just feeling antisocial today. I'm not into it. And she went, oh, thank fuck me neither. Like, she was really worried that she wasn't appearing social enough. And then I sent out this lifeline like, oh, you don't have to actually. I'm cool with it. And we got to know each other. And we had a great night talking to each other. Right. And we're friends to this day. So rather than me pleasing all these like insecure guys who are trying to pressure me into feeling something so that they could validate their own status, I got to connect with a real person and form a friendship the last decades. Right. So. That comes back to that principle. Do you want five people who love you or 100 people who like the thing that they think you are that isn't real? Now, I'll finish on this note. Whenever I bring up this idea, you be honest all the time, I constantly get these two objections. And they're what I call extreme hypotheticals. And that is where somebody tries to come up with the most extreme situation for being honest and uses it like a banner to justify all forms of dishonesty. And there's usually two forms that this comes up. One is hiding Jews from the Nazis. And the other one is telling a kid that they're going to die. Okay. So the first one is, you know, and I've had this in workshops so often. I say, give me an example of when it's a good time to lie. And they'll say, well, it's, you know, 1941. You've got Jews in your basement. The Nazis are trying to root them out or whatever. Uh, the Nazi comes to your door and says, do you have any Jews hiding in this house? Should you tell the truth? 
And this is so hilarious in a way, because if the Nazis are asking, it's not like they're going to be like, oh, you don't. Oh, my, my apologies for the inconvenience. We'll move on. We'll never come to your house again. That if they're asking, they already know. The reason they're asking is to see whether or not you're a sympathizer, right? So if Nazis come to your door looking for Jews, which is never going to happen in your lifetime and never has happened. So this is why I call it extreme hypothetical. You made up a story to try and justify you lying to your wife or whatever it is you want to do. The idea is that like dishonesty would protect you in this extreme situation. But it doesn't. It just doesn't. Because if you're in that situation, they already know. Remember, honesty and telling the truth are not the same. So telling the truth would be like, I've actually got a bunch of Jews in my basement. Do you want to you want me to herd them out or are you just going to go kill them down there? Right, that would be truthfulness. Honesty would be something more like, if I did, I wouldn't tell you. Go fuck yourselves, right? Now, you might think, well, that's a death sentence. The thing is, you're pretty much already fucked anyway, right? They're going to search the house. They're going to find the Jews. The one chance you have of actually throwing them off is by being so defiant and bold that they think you've got nothing to hide. It's a similar thing I've seen in prison. If you stand up to the biggest guy and just say, like, fuck you, give me my chicken back, they're actually less likely to get into a fight with you. If you show any sign of weakness, it's like blood in the water to a shark. So in an extreme hypothetical situation where you feel like lying would protect you, it's actually the getting caught that's so dangerous. Whereas being really boldly honest can be quite uh, kind of discombobulating. Like every house the Nazis been to, they've been lied to. And then they get to this one, they're just like, I don't agree with you guys, fuck off. You have a slight chance of them respecting that. Very slight chance. And at the very least, if they do go through your house and find Jews or whatever, you've been actually pretty straight up. So the least possible punishment is going to happen. Well, you've got to understand there are certain situations where you're fucked no matter what you say. But you can go down with integrity, some pride in yourself, and maybe... Maybe protect yourself with the fact that at least you're not hiding anything. They don't have to worry about that. Or you can go down as a coward, and that's how you'll be remembered. It's your choice. The next one I get, what do you do if you know your child's dying? And this one's a hard one because I want to be absolutist about honesty. I've got this kind of compulsion to like die with honesty under all circumstances, but None, nothing's wobbled me more than this one because I imagine my own daughter in hospital. Let's say I know she's got terminal cancer. And I've seen a video once where this kid was like having their final moment with their parents. And um, the parents were, I don't know if lying's the right word, but they're sort of playing up like, oh, you're just going to go through a little surgery. It'll be all right. But actually they knew that the kid was about to go to sleep and not wake up. I'm not sure on the details, but the kid was done. It's a very, very heartbreaking video to watch because of the way the kid's been. The kid's about three years old, maybe four. And and he's trying to reassure his parents. He's like, I'm going to be all right. I love you guys so much. It's like he knew he was done, you know, but kind of didn't know. It's almost like a naive thing happening. It's really, oh, it's heartbreaking to watch. He's like, you know, I'm going to go to sleep and then, then we can be together when I wake up, can't we? And I want the nurse is so nice. Thank you to the nurse. I want you to say thank you to the nurse and thank you guys for being here. It's just like, oh my God, it's so hard to watch. 
when I watched it a, like a second or third time, I can't remember, and I kind of got a bit more detached after the first emotional wave, I was like, fuck, the kid knows they're lying. That's why he's talking like that. He can see something, you know, kids are just so observant. You, you can lie to them and they'll believe you because they're the parent, but it's a forced belief. They know something's up, but they don't trust themselves. They trust you more. And and what I saw in this moment was the kid knew something was up. Kids know when something's up with their parents. So the parent's like, no, no, you're going to be fine. It's all right. You're just going to have a little sleep. We'll be here when you wake up. And, you know, it must have taken so much for the parents to put on that act, try and ease their passing. And I don't hold that against them. I'm not, I don't have any sense of evil about them. Maybe that was the best thing to do. I can't say it's certainly not. My opinion has no weight in their situation. They must choose for themselves in their situation. But all I think of is, is my own situation. And what I would actually hope is that by the time I'm in a situation with that, like my daughter, I've been so honest with her at all times that even if I was to tell her that she was going to die, she would feel safe. She would have a comprehension of death that allowed her to make peace with this passing. And I'd, I would have the ability and the practice to be able to say it. Now, for a start, I don't actually know anything for certain, so I wouldn't say anything for certain. My kid was like, am I going to die? I'd say, I don't know. I don't know when anyone's going to die. Nobody does. Even the doctors might say it, but they're wrong sometimes. So I don't know. I don't want to give you hope, but I don't know. But what I can say is things like, I do know that I'll carry you here for the rest of my life. I do know that you'll never be gone because you're in me and I'm in you. And I do know that if you do die, you won't know it. You won't have any pain. I, I haven't practiced this enough to know exactly what I would say to try and balance honesty with kind of compassion and love. But I'd hate to think that my kid goes out with this dread like something's wrong and they're not telling me. I'd hate to think that my kid's final moment was this kind of off sense, this thing like, oh, God, what's really happening, right? I'd hate to think that she goes out like that. Now, I don't know what I'd actually do in this situation, and this may be the exception. This may be the one where I just break down. I haven't really yet. You know, I've been put in a lot of tough situations with my daughter. Uh, nothing that tough, but like lots of times we're telling the truth was a real inconvenient conversation and, and brought up lots of emotions and everybody. But I've done it and I've stuck with it. And so far, she trusts me like you wouldn't believe. Like when I say something, she believes me. And I think it's because she knows that I'll tell her the truth. She's just got an innate sense of that. And it hasn't actually affected her sense of judging other people. What's interesting, I was worried that being really honest with my kid would give them the false perception that everyone's honest all the time. But actually, what I think it's done is made her very hypersensitive to dishonesty. She can feel when somebody's off and incongruent because she's so used to congruence in the home. So as soon as somebody else lies to her, she's like, nah, straight away. She's like a lie detector. I was like, fuck, thank God that worked out that way. You know, I can't promise that happens with all kids, but it definitely is with her. She's better at reading people than adults are. Anyway, those are my thoughts on some of the arguments against honesty. I know I have an absolutist stance, and I know that very few people will be as hard out about it as I am. But if you wanted to hear my arguments against the common arguments, that's off the top of my head, no research, no planning, just spontaneous kind of apologetics for honesty. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.